Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 39 of Licensed to Car Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Gekuso Sentai Car Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt Jane. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today? Doing pretty well, man. It's another weird and unseasonably warm day. Like it was in like the 40s and like bright and sunny it's like it's deeply messing with like my internal calendar. Oh, like, dude, I have the opposite not, not of just sand. yours. I was walk. I walked out the door the other day to walk to my car, and I swear I heard like sp- birds chirping as though it were a spring morning. I yeah no like I have like reverse sad. I'm in like an unusually good mood because I'm I'm like I'm I'm all uh, psychologically prepared to like hunker down for like a gray winter, and now there's all this sunshine. And, like, I was in an okay mood before because, like, I was prepared for grayness, but now there's sunshine, and I kind of feel amazing. It's a little bit weird. Okay, actually, this this is actually a great segue into uh, the first star of the day. But before we get to that, real quick, uh, today we are talking about episode 39 of Kekiso Sentai Car Ranger. It is called I Love Roads, The Space Pet. Uh, it was written by Hirohisa Soda. Its original air date was November 22nd, 1996. If you are paying attention to the original air dates... You will note that there is a jump between this one and the previous one, and that is because uh, during that jump is when the movie was airing. Oh, okay. Uh, the Car Ranger versus O Ranger movie, uh, which I have not seen, and I would love to at some point. Maybe we'll do a special episode of those movies at some point. But hero, uh, the guy who wrote this one, Matt, here he's a soda. He did a lot on Kaku Rangers. Is that right? Am I, I remembering that correctly? I think so. The name is very familiar to me. Yeah, and not just from this, uh, not just from this run. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Dave. Of course, before we talk about that, as always, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. Would you like to hear what our first star of the day is? I sure would. Okay. So you were mentioning earlier that it has been very nice out. Yeah. Um, unsettlingly nice like I don't trust it yeah it is, it is weird because okay so today is as we record this it is January 6th which means that it is epiphany <laughs> yeah uh, right like which I'm, me- I'm filled with grim foreboding about this niceness that's how I feel about it well a little bit a little bit but like okay here's what I was thinking of this morning today is January 6th which means it is epiphany right. which means it is kind of it's the day I'm taking down my Christmas decorations because Epiphany, I feel like, is the last day that you can take down your Christmas decorations before you have moved into the zone of just like, yeah, these are going to be up for a while. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's what's the last of the 12 days of Christmas. Right. So, like, that closes things out. And then you can sort of say, like, okay, now I'm moving on. Now it's, like, fully, fully the next year. We're out of the holiday right. season. But I'll be taking down my, my holiday decorations, Dave. But I don't have, like, mid to late winter decorations. Oh, do see, we do, because mm-hmm. I'm married. Sure. What I should say is that my wife has midwinter decorations, and I enjoy them. Like, things appear, and I'm sure, like, and oh, you, that's great. And they live in the house with you. Yeah, precisely. Well, see, but, uh, yeah. So here's the thing. I, I don't have a wife, and so all of my decorations are things that I have purchased or otherwise acquired. So, like, I have... 
Christmas decorations, and I have some fall decorations, and I have summer decorations. So I don't want to go. I I don't want to go backwards to fall decorations. No, you can't. Here's the color scheme you want, Matt. You know how I can tell you this with confidence that this is the color scheme you want? Because it's the one that's currently in your house. It's the one that's currently in my house because my wife told me. Here's what you you want: like early spring colors. You want like blues and greens and reds but not not like christmas greens and reds spring greens and reds yeah like spring greens and reds you want like less saturation or no equal saturation but like higher tone or something but yeah blues and greens and reds that's the and whites that's what you want well okay here's the thing dave is that 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 color scheme kind of matches my summer decorations and here's what I'm thinking. It was like 40-something degrees today. It might be... It was 60 on Christmas. It was 60 on Christmas. I might, instead of buying, like, late winter, early spring decorations, I might just put my summer decorations back out and see what happens. Listen, you'll never know until you experiment, Matt. That's a, I think that's a good idea. You should give it a shot. I don't know that it will work. And like, you might, it, I mean, listen, yeah, might, it might, this might be a bridge too far. Maybe it will all come collapsing yeah. down on me, but I definitely bought stuff for my reign of the king of summer last year. Uh, like I've got like this decorative bowl that has a jungle scene on the inside of it. And I might see, just pull that back good. out. Do it. Make it happen. Very man. lush. I think I, I'm going full lush this year, Dave. Well, you've got a lot of jungle print shirt. I shouldn't say a lot. Well, I've got more than you. You've got more than I do. I might say more than the average person. Well, the thing is, Dave, that, the, that, a, that a jungle sort of or a tropical print shirt, I feel like works like it's not necessarily a dad shirt, but it's definitely an uncle shirt. And oh, it's a very, very good uncle but, shirt. And like you have kids and I don't. So that's why I have those shirts. Makes a lot of sense to me, Matt. Uh, the the uh, other the other thing about today, uh, not only is it the the post holiday cleanup, it is the first post holiday trash day. Mm, which I actually did already have one, but yeah. well, I probably had one last week, but it kind of coincided with uh, New Year's, which always sort of throws off what day the trash pickup is actually going to be. So mm. I wasn't sure when it was happening. So now I finally get to get rid of like a full Christmas season's worth of uh, delivery package cardboard. And it's going to be so <laughs> nice to finally get all of that out of my place. Actually, Matt, my across, so our across the street neighbors also have a bunch. They have actually a lot more kids than we do. They have uh, three bio kids and they currently have three foster kids. Wow. Just, yeah. And uh, so they missed the, tra- our trash pickup was this morning. And so the wife and her husband, like just forgot to take the trash out because they're very busy. And, uh, the wife called my wife Beth and said, Hey, uh, we missed the trash pickup and it's already been done on our side. So I am just sending my children to like put my garbage on your front yard <laughs> so that like the garbage people will take it. And Beth, of course, said that's fine. And then Beth told me the story and I was like, That was really nice that she called because I've totally done that to them and I didn't even ask. Like, I was just, <laughs> ah, so neighbors. It's, it's totally cool. Um, no, they're good. They're good neighbors. Uh, so Matt. What's our second star of the week? Dave, our second star of the week is that I feel like I've been making a lot of video game recommendations recently. 
Um, but that is because I, I'm currently in that zone where I have that really cheap uh, access to the Xbox Ultimate Game Pass. Uh, and so I'm yeah. just I'm just playing all of the games for the last few years that I wanted to play no, but I'm never got the around exact to same it. Thing. But I was going to ter- start talking about Dishonored too, but I felt like it was too old, so I'm not. Well, but okay, I'm playing see, it and it's a lot of fun. No, no, here, here's Dave. This is the star. The star is not that I'm recommending Hollow Knight. The star is that I really want to recommend Hollow Knight, but everyone on Earth has already played Hollow Knight, so there's no reason for me to do it. And now, well, like, up, the, the time that I would normally spend, like, ah, yes, like, I've played video games this week, but at least part of that is so that I can have something to recommend during the podcast to, you know, some fodder for the five stars. Now I don't have that even. Now I'm just playing video games with the knowledge that, like, we're the last people to get to them. Well, Matt, let me offer you a brief glimmer of hope, at least on the Hollow Knight front. Uh, I have not played this game, and I actually can't even really recall off the top of my head what it is. So... Oh, well, uh... So, hold up, Matt. Let me, uh... Let me, let's just kind of roll this whole... Let's just start this whole thing over again. Matt, hey, what's our second star of the week? Uh, Dave, our second star of the week is a really good game called Hollow Knight. I just, is that new? I don't... I don't know that I've ever. Uh, you heard. know, it's new to me. I'm not exactly sure. I'm, I'm sure people have uh, already gotten to it, but uh, uh, I, I I got access to it via the Xbox Ultimate Game Pass, which I currently have. On oh a bit yeah, of a sale. I uh, I got that too. It was on great sales, like a dollar a month for three months. I'll probably be canceling it soon because uh, breaks over and I'm not going to have as much sure, time. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, before you do, if you enjoy the Metroidvania uh, genre of game. I do. Um, and I know I already recommended uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night a few weeks ago. Dude. Oh, that's why I haven't gotten to that either. I've been playing Dishonored too. I, I will tell you what. Having now spent a weird amount of time playing Metroidvanias recently, as much as I really liked Bloodstained, straight up, if you are going to play a Metroidvania like from the last few years that's available on the Game Pass, play Hollow this Knight. This is Hollow Knight. Like, yeah? Hollow Knight, it's like... It's weird. It's like very, um, it's like oddly beautiful. If you just see stills of it, it doesn't look that amazing. It looks kind of flat. But if you're actually playing the game, it's all like, I think it's all like hand animated sprites. Or not sprites, but like hand animated drawings that have been like turned into a game. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Uh, It's all like this underground, like lost kingdom and everybody's a bug person. But it's like in in a way that is sort of abstracted enough that it's cute, but it's not so cute that it doesn't stop being sort of like scary and otherworldly, if that makes sense. Okay. They do a really good job of like sort of slow rolling out what the game is about and it's a lot of just like exploration and like learning the rules of the like how to get around and fight through this weird world it's it is super good uh i highly oh, that recommend that very very good the also uh, i think i don't know if i'm gonna have time to get to it because banner saga 3 is also on there and i would really like to dude i really I, like to play banner saga 3 i i gave the banner saga games a genuine try but i remember i opened it up and before it let me play the game it was giving me like I swear to you, like an hour of tutorials of things that weren't even playing the game. It was like, here's the tutorial of how to like (laughs) 
do all of the side stuff. And I was like, I would please, like, I, I understand that there are banners because you're going to war. I would like to get in a fight at some point, please. And the game was like, listen, I know that you want that. But first I need to tell you how to get down the river to the next location and set up another camp down there. It's like, I don't care about this camp. I just want to play this game. Maybe it's maybe it's because I started with Banner Saga 2. Uh, and they just oh yeah that may have been a little bit weird anyways I really love the series uh, I'm glad for you yeah anyway uh, where were we what's our third star of the week Dave oh third star of the week Matt is another man we're just knocking it out of the park on like old old recommendations I at this point it's very well known I don't really get to the movies that much um, unless it's like a real special occasion but I do watch YouTube because I like it. And, you know, my YouTube algorithm is pretty well trained. And so the other day it said, hey, would you like to watch this fight scene from Mission Impossible Fallout, which came out in like 2018? Sure. And I said, yeah, sure I would. And uh, I didn't know this. I vaguely remembered hearing something about Henry Cavill and he like had to go back and he had to reshoot some scenes for Superman. But he had this mustache and they had to digitally remove the mustache and... Oh, and, yeah. And blah, blah, blah. Because he had a mustache for a different movie. Well, he had the mustache for Mission Impossible Fallout. So I see Henry Cavill, and he's got the mustache. And you're like, and aha, I, had, I can now timestamp this movie. Right. And I had three... I had three thoughts in very rapid succession. And I want to be clear with you that at no point in this train of thought did I think to myself that I should have a mustache. Any more than any guy with a beard periodically considers, like, should I just go mustache? Oh, yeah. Hey, listen, if you've never grown a beard, um, that happens to literally everyone. Yeah, like, it just at some point you're going to be like, should I? Like, And then you won't. Right, like probably. one day you're going to be having a really nice mustache day. And you're like, maybe I could go just mustache. But you're going to be like, maybe I'm a, I could do just a mustache. Now, I think it is key to note that he did a mustache and then like a little bit of stubble where the rest of his beard would be. Well, he also has okay. a really excellent jawline, which is why I can't. Well, see, okay. That's why I can't do a mustache because my jawline, okay. like if I shave, I look like a beaker from the Muppets. It's just like like one solid tube from like the top of my head to the tip of my shoulders like there is no well, this is this is let me bring it back these are the three thoughts that i had in very rapid succession see henry cavill with a mustache he's in a suit he looks astonishing because he's henry cavill. Sure. and i think to myself i'm like oh man like that looks really good are do mustaches just look good and then the next thought was stop stop immediately no stop it that's Henry Cavill, who can kind of do anything. Right. It's not that mustaches always look good. Like, it's that Henry right. Cavill it's always that... looks good, and he happens to have a mustache right now. And actually, I, I saw some comparison shots between, like, Henry Cavill without a mustache and with. Dude actually, I think, looks better with a mustache. But anyways, first thought, do mustaches secretly look good? Third, second thought... Stop, that's Henry Cowell. Third thought... Superman should have a mustache. Hey, I did a little bit think that. No, third thought... Henry Cavill, you monster. You irresponsible monster. What have you done? Because a bunch of people are going to see this movie. They're going to have already seen it because it's a year and a half old. Will see this movie and see you with a mustache and think to themselves... 
Right. They're going to have the first thought, but they're not going to have the second two. Right. It's a, you've done it. You were, it's a terrible thing you've done. It's like, you're like, it's, you're like John Hamm with fedoras. uh, Dave, I was just going to say the fedora. It's like people who put on the fedora and then imagine that putting on the fedora also conveys upon them like the class of wearing a tailored suit and like, and also just like being the sort of guy who wears a tailored suit, like. Like, right. like, like no. Step like, one, fedora. Step two, you're good. Dude, and, and listen, like, if you are listening to this and you feel attacked, I want you to know that I've been there with you. I have I've a closet been, ha- with some listen, fedoras. It's in my closet right now. Fedoras. It's in my clo- yeah. Uh, no, I only have one. But it's in my closet right now, and I keep it there as a reminder. Right. Man. Like, you could never go back. It's like it's like a memento mori, but for hat wear. It is, but and a, but a thing that you've already done rather than right. You know, well, it's, yeah, it's a little. It's like backwards. a remember your roots sort of thing. So yeah, Henry Cavill's mustache. That was my third star of the week. Uh, Matt, our fourth star of the week. Okay, Dave. Here's another. Here's another bit of throwback media that is in a weird way not throwback media anymore. Hey, remember? Yeah, this is a weird one. Remember a few years ago when they made a new Mutants movie and then they said they were going to release it and then they said they were going to delay it and then just they stopped talking about it for two years? I do remember okay. that. Or I had forgotten about it entirely until this recent news came out, which is they're just now it's out. Right. Now they're just like, releasing they're just it, it in April and they're releasing it very soon, which they can do because the movie's been done for years, like literal calendar years. Right. Yeah. I think I feel like it was supposed to tie in with um, Legion because I like they were kind of in and out at around the same time. Yeah. I, I don't think they were supposed similar, to be like, like actually connected, but I think they were supposed to be sort of like spiritually you know like these are both yeah, like, well, like side they're... story creepy x titles and then it got delayed because they wanted to like add some new special effects and then dark phoenix came out and they're like well we can't have two x-men movies out at the same time and, and they made the wrong call because they put out dark phoenix. <laughs> right well yeah uh what they could have done was nothing and probably had been a uh, better reception um and it, it, it got me to thinking dave so, like, this movie was delayed for, what, like, two years? There was that G.I. Joe yeah, so, movie that, uh, the, the second G.I. Joe movie that they were, like, a month away from releasing, and then they pulled and released, like, a full calendar year later because they wanted to, like, oh, yeah. 3D some stuff into it. Uh-huh. And so it got me thinking, like, what is the, what, what's the tipping point, right? Like, how long can you just have a movie that's done that you don't release and still have it be, like, a movie you can release. Because I feel like once you pass a certain point, then you go into the realm of, like, you just can't release that movie for ten years, and then you need to, like, have some sort of, you know, like, word-of-mouth popular campaign to get people to finally see the lost masterpiece that is, you know, this New Mutants movie, which I'm sure will be fine. But, like, by that point, people will be so crazy. Like, like the Roger Corman uh, Fantastic Four movie that's never been released. Like, you can't release oh, it. Because I feel like that's gone around again, right? 
Like, if you had released Wait, is that... is the Roger Corman one the super old one? That is the one... There's a documentary about this. We might have talked about it on the show before. Um, that they made and just, like... they There are conflicting reports, but there is an idea that the movie was basically only greenlit so the studio could keep uh, copyright on the name of Fantastic Four. Wow. But, like, they did make a full movie. Right. I have... Oh, yeah, dude. I have seen parts of this movie. I saw all of it on, like, some... I I got some sort of illegal stream of this, like, 15 years ago in college and watched it. Like, you you actually don't want to see it. It's pretty bad. No, you really, really don't. I, like, I... When you asked... I thought this movie came out in the 70s. It's so bad. It came out in 1994. But, yeah, like, how... Like, 1994. That's a long time ago. You couldn't release it now. Well, maybe, oh, I don't wow. know. Maybe you could. Maybe you could have like a midnight showing of it at like a B movie theater around the corner from a comic book convention. Wow, 1994 was 25 years ago. Sure was, Dave. Who? Uh, I mean, actually, it was 26 years ago, but. Oh, but who's geez. counting? Yeah, you're right. It's 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was only, I only have that number locked in my head, A, because it's simple math um, that I should have been able to do otherwise, but I was thinking about it because I just watched The Quick and the Dead the other day, and The Quick and the Dead came out oh, in 95. Man. that's a heck of a film. Sure is. Uh, it does not feel nearly as old as the 1994 Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie. And, well, yeah, that's the kind of the point. Like, anyway. Anyway, yeah, like, uh, what's the tipping point? Is it 10 years? Like, if a movie is 10 years old, can you then say, like, hey... You know you missed the boat on this one. It's it's finally time to see it. Yeah, I don't know. Like, because there, there definitely is one, right? Right. Because, like, two years is just weird. Right, two years is weird. If it's three years, you can't just put it in the theaters, right? Because at that point, the no. actors who are... especially it's too old. Especially for a movie like New Mutants that has relatively young stars, like... Those people have grown noticeably in a couple of years. Yeah, and as well, and with like a superhero film, like a lot of it is relying on special effects and stuff. So if you wait too long, now it's just going to look like silly and dated. But if you waited a real long time... Then it feels retro. Anyway, I have no answer about this. I I saw the trailer this morning and I was like, this is the wildest thing. Well, it's not the wildest thing, but it's a wild thing. it's not my where the wild things are. Beef. It's just... And it's not wild things. <laughs> it's just a thing that is wild. But not the thing from the Fantastic Four. That's a different movie. Also wild. I'm sorry. I've, I've, I'm on a loop now. You need to break it for me. Yeah, no, sorry. My only mild beef with this... And actually, as I think about it, it's not really a beef uh, that this New Mutants movie is that it's not a Generation X movie. But... Really, new. you would have to have a New Mutants movie first, and then you would have a Generation uh, My only beef with it, Dave, is that it doesn't have the character Beef from the Hellions, who is a villain from the uh, New Mutants. And also, they had their chance at a, fan, at a Generation X movie. Uh, they put it on TV in, like, 1996, and it was, despite my, uh, like, nostalgic fondness for it, extremely bad. Yes, yes, it was, it was that, but it did have Mondo in it. Um, anyways, <laughs> Matt, what is our fifth star? Uh, fifth star of the week, Dave, is that, wow, we've been doing these stars for a bit now. Um, I mean, five years, but in this moment, we've been doing them for a while now. 
Uh, so, have I told you that I've been doing Duolingo? You have not told me, but you spent a lot of your time when you were over here, like, hanging out for Christmas, like, on Duolingo. Oh, not not so a I, lot of time. Where, that makes it no, sound like... No, I shouldn't like... say it like that. Yeah, sorry. I, like, you were you were doing Duolingo, and I noticed, and you were, like, saying French things into your phone, so I sort of put it together. Sure, right. You're a detective, um, and a very good one. Uh, I, I, that sounded more patronizing than I wanted it to. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I've been doing Duolingo. Damn, I had to keep my streak alive, even on Christmas. Um, I've been doing Duolingo, and I got sick of watching the advertisements, and they were like, hey, do you want one free week of Duolingo Plus? And for a week, I was like, no, I don't. Because once I get a free week of Duolingo Plus, I'm going to forget, and then I'm going to have a year of paid Duolingo Plus. Uh, and so then my streak broke and I was like, man, I'll put my streak back if I get plus and it's free and I'm trying to learn French anyway. Right. Anyway, so, so a know. week later I get a voicemail from my bank. It's like, hey, there was this weird charge on your phone. And I was like, oh, what's this weird charge? And I like, I'm doing like, you know, I get on my computer and I'm looking at my, uh, my bank balance and I'm trying to find like the names and like these, this weird amount pops up. I'm like, oh, that's, that's slightly more money. Like that is definitely more money than I would spend without knowing that I was spending it. Because at first it was like, uh, I got the voicemail on uh, January 1st. So I assumed that. My Uber ride home on New Year's Eve was just like oh, it just been like bonkers. right. It was just like exorbitant, and I was like, oh, I got to make sure that like because I knew it was going to be expensive because it's a New Year Uber ride on New Year's Eve. But I was like, which is fine. That's just what you do because you don't drive on New Year's Eve. But You're right. Um, I was like, okay, maybe I like maybe this company is like trying to screw me, and I'm like looking through like, oh no, I just I just did the thing. I just I just made the decision to spend the money. But, like, didn't admit to myself that I had made the decision to spend that money. So I just let it happen. And now that money is just gone. But still learning French. And I probably would have quit otherwise. So, you know, not a silver lining, Dave. Not all bad. No, great job, Matt. I hope it goes well for you. Speaking of not all bad, Dave, we are going to take a break. We are going to watch episode 39 of Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger. And we will be right back. <laughs> All right, welcome back. Uh, Dave? Matt? How'd, what's... How'd you, how'd, how'd you feel about this one? Because uh, it was a real I, roller coaster for me. It, uh... Yeah, man. It was. So, I... Uh, I... So we, so we start off strong, right? We overall, start off real okay. strong. Let me say, overall, I would say I liked it. As as an episode of Sentai, in the like, it's a it was an exemplar of a particular type of Sentai episode, and so I I liked watching it happen. Uh, as an episode of television, it was very. <laughs> um, it certainly existed. So, the opening is fantastic. Here's what we find out. Evil Dash Emperor Exhaust loves Earth Highways. Like, he's an aficionado. He's a highway aficionado. He says, of all the planets on, in the galaxy or whatever, 
This is this is this is like top tier highway. These are yeah, amazing. Like this, this planet's basically already covered in highways. I'm trying to make a space highway. Like he's like yeah, he's like getting out his magnifying glass and just checking out the craftsmanship. Yeah, he's super impressed, and he's like. I am going to destroy the Ursh, uh, but for, before I do that, I am going to steal all of their highways, and I am going to, like, cannibalize them in some way to just sort of, like, tack them on to my own, like, evil galactic Autobahn. Like, that's... Right. And, and then we'll destroy the Earth. That is kind of how he is planning to do the whole thing. Like, he is not planning to do a lot of construction himself. He is going to Frankenstein this whole thing together from the highways of all the planets of the galaxy. So he, he calls to the Bozoke. He's like, hey, dummies. And they're like, hey, wait, what's going on? Why do you want us again? Clearly you hate us. <laughs> he's like, no, 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 no. Listen, here's what I need you to do. Go down to Earth, get all the highways, bring them up to space for me. And Grotch hops in and is like, listen... I don't know if you know this about us, but we hate manual labor. Totally like, not our thing. Like, this is, right, like, we're, this is why we are what we are. Like, nobody get, becomes, like, a reckless a reckless biker gang. Because they, they love also, it on today's work. Right, like, this is antithetical to who we are. And he's like, I don't know why I'm dealing with you morons. Um, But fine, here, like... Use use this animal. Use or he doesn't say it's an animal. Sorry, he says use the beegar, and that will like solve your problems. Right. I'm I'm gonna send the beegar down to Earth by special delivery. Go down, meet it there, and then it'll just like you'll be fine. Just bring the highway, all the highways of Earth up to space, and then we can get trucking on this thing. So Grotch goes down to Earth. And the the special delivery, it's just, like, in a cardboard box that is being held aloft by, like, four <laughs> helium balloons. And Grotch is trying to chase after it, but it's sort of like, I don't know, man, have you ever chased a balloon? Like, it's, it's difficult. Like, it's sort of floating away from him, and he keeps, like, almost getting it, and it tumbles away. And eventually, he goes, like, up to the top of a roof... And he's about to get it, and then it just floats off. He's like, well, I can't jump after it. So now it's just gone forever, I guess. Yeah, well, they have also have sent the worst possible... Like, if you don't recall, uh, Grotch is basically shaped like a wet flesh sack. Like, that's I kind mean, of his... I mean, you could have said potato. Potato would have been fine. Well, no, because he's not quite potato sack shaped. It's just... Like, if you had, like, a shopping bag, like a plastic shopping bag full of wet meat, and then it had arms and legs. That's basically Inventor Grotch. Thank you, Dave. This is yeah. wonderful. And so, like, you, he's like the worst. You could have sent literally anybody else and they would have done a better job. Uh, with a possible exception of President Dynamo, who's just, like, just unwieldy, it seems. Anyways, so it's Yuko who finds this box. Because, of course, it lands and it's sort of hanging on, on the side of Pegasus Motors. He's like... What right. is it? Well, they, only, they only got a few sets, Dave. <laughs> yeah. So they, she brings it in. They're like, what is it? She says, I don't know. We should open it. And everybody's stoked to open it. Except Kiyosuke, who says very reasonably, you, no, you should just give that to the police. Like, it's not yours. Like, you can't just, you can't just open stuff. Like, finders, keepers, losers, weepers is not, like, legal precedent. You can't just right. do that. You can't do that for mail. It's a felony. <laughs> so, so then... But then the box jumps. It sort of like hops. 
And they're like, oh, what's happening? And uh, they open it up, and uh, it's basically a gremlin, like from the movie Gremlin, like the, uh, the fuzzy one. Yeah, it, it's, it's not the like, weird. It's, it's 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 sort of like a gremlin. It's like a garbage pail kid version of the gremlins, but not like a. I'm sorry, of a Mogwai. Mogwai is the fuzzy one. Gremlin is. the Oh yeah, thank one. you. Yeah, it's like a garbage pail Mogwai. Or what's uh, uh what were those things called? Popples. Maybe isn't Mogwai a band too? Ah, uh, Dave, I. You know I have no idea. Why would you do this to me? I don't know. You, you might like know. This? You might know about a band thing. You're cooler than I am about stuff like that. Well, that, that's a very kind thing of you to say, Dave. But I have no idea. It Mogwai is no. I'm totally right. Mogwai is a Scottish, a Scottish, a Scottish, a Scottish post rock rock band formed in 1995 in Glasgow. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, so it kind of looks like that. It's like. It also looks like, remember Mad Balls? Yes. Yeah, it's a garbage pale kid Mogwai Mad Ball. Perfect. Yeah, like it doesn't, if it has arms and legs, they're very small. Uh, also, see also Popples. Um, but like its teeth are all broken and it's got this nasty look on its face and its color scheme is sort of gross. Um, and everyone has the reaction of like, oh, well, this is a horrifying beast. And they shriek and turn their heads, except for Naoki. And Naoki yes. is like, oh my gosh, would you look at that cute face? And just picks him up and starts hugging him. Which I love because it's a total, this is a bunch of my notes. I'm like, oh, this is a Blue Ranger episode. Like, this is a super classic, like, the Blue Ranger, like, there's something that's supposed to be a monster and the Blue Ranger, like, has some sort of relationship with it, and it turns out to, like, be better, or, like, it's not totally a monster, or, or like, they somehow, like, redeem or bring this thing back, or, or like, whatever. But this is, like, a total Blue Ranger move. It absolutely is. We've seen, uh, I mean, Shoji's done it. Um, yeah, Shoji did it. Um, Akko did it. Um, yeah, um, like, it's just, yeah. What's his so, name? From O-Ranger. <laughs> Yeah, um, oh, the guy with the flips, you know, yeah. the, that, you guy. All the Blue Rangers have flips. It's like their thing. Anyway, so he picks it up and he's like, you are my new best friend. I will love you forever. Okay, so we jump from there to Barbarian and uh, we get another, I don't know, piece of evidence on the size of Reckless Dash Emperor Exhaust. And I... I think this dude just might be, like, the size of Jupiter. Okay. On one hand, yes. But I I can't imagine that this is his actual physical form. Because Man, if it was... That's what, like, okay, listen, car magic, right? Anything can happen. That's but what like, I thought. He would blot out the sun. Like, Earth would be in a panic 24-7. He well, would destroy, like, he would ruin the tides. The Earth would come out of its gravitational orbit. That is how much bigger he presents than the Earth. Well, that was what I assumed as well. But, like, he's, like, leaning over and, like, poking the the bozoke and, like, grabbing meteors and stuff. Well, sure. But, you know, Luke's a force ghost and he catches that lightsaber. Oh, he does do that. Man. That was real, real good. Anyway. Um, Oh, man, that was such a great moment. Uh, Anyways, basically every time 
Every time Luke Skywalker was on screen in the new Star Wars movies was my favorite part of the Star Wars movies. Like, the rest oh, sure. of it was good. So, like, every time Luke comes out and did something, I was like, yes. Like, that's re- that's that's why I'm really... Yeah. Although I am glad they didn't just make it, like, a movie about old Luke Skywalker. Oh, yeah. Like, no, that no, would have been I think terrible. The, no, the fact that he's only there, like, Mark Hamill is in those movies for, like, a gr- he's got a grand total of, like, 40 minutes of screen time. Which I think is the right call, you know what I mean? But every time he shows up, like, it did feel real good. Anyways, so um, he's like, they're like, we've got bad news, evil, evil emperor of space. Uh, we did, we did lose it. We the, the lost bigger, it. The bigger is gone. Uh, I I know you sent it to Earth, but uh, I I guess it's probably still down there, but we don't know where. And of course, uh, the Emperor is furious. He's like, you've lost it. It was the last of its kind. I used those things all the time. This was like one special thing that I had that I trusted you with. And now it is gone. You idiots. Yeah, they're not like they're not really sure what <laughs> like, what to do. Right. They're like, we he's... haven't even really seen this thing. Like. It's the last of its kind? It's an animal? What's going on? And then we hear the Emperor's horrifying tale. Yeah. So what happened is, is that these critters... What had happened was... What had happened was, these critters love to eat concrete. So he would basically send them as like galactic highway termites, kind of, and like do all this. But... He uh he worked their entire species to death. Yes. He he worked them to death and then the ones that tried to flee were killed. So now there's just this one. Yeah, and he's like it's super important. He's like the other reason that I chose Ursh is because like there's something about the environment on Earth that will cause the Bigar's cells to go into like ultra overdrive and that one Bigar will like Asexually multiply right. into it's, like a hundred thousand bigars. You know how if you get a mogwai wet, it just you know becomes a bunch of mogwai. Yeah, that's it's that's like how... that because that's exactly what's happening. Oh wait, is that where all the gremlins come from? Do they just? I've never seen gremlins. Oh yeah, there there are two rules to gremlins. Rule number one is don't get them wet. Rule number two is don't feed them after midnight because if they if you get them wet, they multiply rapidly. And if you feed them after midnight, that's when the Mogwai turns into the Gremlin. There's oh, okay. no clear indication were... as to, like, when you're allowed to start feeding them again. But definitely not right after midnight. Mm, I see. Yeah, so, like, I knew there were two rules, but I didn't know that was why. So, anyways, so they're like, all right, cool. We will we'll sick our number one animal trainer on it. CC uh, Pachune. Uh, and I said it like that because he's clearly supposed to be kind of Italian. He's like a weird Italian Mr. Peanut monster. Well, he's he's like a circus ringleader man. Yeah, but like also a Mr. Peanut. But also oh, sure. a space monster. There's so a lot anyways, going on with Cece Pachune. Yeah. Pachune. I mean, uh, he's, he's not as Italian as the pizza monster. That's for sure. He's not. He's not quite... That pizza monster was real good. Um, I hope he was high on the I feel like he was higher on the list than a lot of these monsters have been. Anyway, so we go back from there to Pegasus Motors, 
And Naoki is like, please, you have to let me keep him. Like, he's so precious and cute. He's not. He's so precious and cute. Like, he's a poor orphan animal. I don't know why he knows he's an orphan. Maybe he's just assuming this. And like, this is very important. You've got to let me keep him. Uh, Dapu has never heard of this thing, which is insane to me. Like, how has... Like, this seems like... Of course, nobody had heard of Reckless Emperor Exhaust either. So maybe he's like... Dapu has heard of Reckless Emperor Exhaust. Oh, no, no, he has. So how has he never heard of these things? They're like his number one... He's like an entire species that he's... He's weaponized a species and then destroyed it. How has Dapu never heard of of this thing? He hasn't. I'm just blown away. And so he... Dapu makes the very good point. He's like, listen, man, you got no idea what's going on. This is a creature from space. It could be anything. At the very least, like, we need to quarantine this. Right. It could be carrying weird space viruses. Let's just, like, keep it over there for a while until we know it's okay. Yeah. everyone, everyone else is being very chill. They're like, listen, Naoki, you can have your weird space monster pet i guess but let's but be like, smart about this and Noki's like that is 100 percent unacceptable <laughs> and as he is saying this like the, the bigger bites minoru on the finger and minoru is like hey listen we're being very reasonable that's not cool this whole thing is not great i have now just been bitten by a space monster we we work our entire lives to avoid this sort of thing happening to people. This is our job. Yeah. And, <laughs> so, and uh, it just sort of flies away. Oh, beagars can fly. Like, they can just sort of, like, tele... Like, superhero fly. Around. Like, yeah. yeah, they just sort of hover around. And, uh, like, Naoki chases after him. And so Naoki's like, no, he's just a sad space orphan. Like, and I will it's help him. So he, like, runs off to chase him. And uh, he, he like, when he sees... So Naoki catches up with him. And when the Bigar sees Naoki, he, like, bites Naoki, too. And Naoki's like, oh, man, you must have been so abused. Like, this must be why you're doing this. Like, I, I will help you. Right, and and after a minute, the the beaker relents, like it it stops biting, like it lets go of its bite, and then just sort of nuzzles in, and now he's like, "Yes, finally, like now it is I've, pet time." I've done it. Yes. Uh, so he like puts him inside of his jacket, and they're like riding his bike around, and they go up to the river, and now he's like, "Listen, you've got to eat something, but I don't know what you eat, so I've gotten together this." Like, collection of items. Uh, of course, I've got some milk. You know yeah. I've got chocolate. Uh, here's a jar of some old fish guts. Yeah. Just in case uh, you want those. Here's some pickles. Some... A lot nicer. Uh, and then there was a bottle of something that I'm pretty sure was, like, soju. Uh, and that was, that was a, that's a weird option. Yeah, it's a pretty amazing ass- assortment of dishes. To, like... Just the idea of, like, well, I'm not sure what you can eat. So, like, these are the six things that I'll choose. Like, is it any of these? Uh, what uh, I'm, what I'm hoping is not going on is that Naoki just, like, opened up his lunch pail. was like, well, let's see what we've got in here. 
Now that is a bachelor fridgy sort of sort of thing to have out. Uh, I don't know, man. I've been a bachelor for a very long time, and uh, I ain't never brought fish guts to lunch. Well, you know, you're you know you're from Ohio, Matt. You're not in a in a pickled fish guts heavy environment. Whereas I feel like, and I don't know this for sure. Well, I do know this for sure because Naoki has some pickled fish guts. That Japan is a much more pickled fish gut heavy environment than Dude, I think I re- you would. I don't remember him saying pickled fish guts. I just remember him saying fish guts. No, he said something about like they're prepared in some way. Okay. Uh, so, anyways, Bigar's like, and I'm not interested in that. He doesn't say this, but he's not interested in any of this. And he flies away and he tries to eat a rock. And now he's like, silly little guy, you can't eat rocks, which like nuts to you, Naoki. It's a weird space alien. Uh, but I think we mentioned that this Bigar has like super nasty teeth. And so he tries. And what I had assumed is that just like Bigars have like weird, gross teeth. Not the case. He has like horrible space cavities. And so he tries to bite this rock and he can't. See, I, I still did not understand that that's what was happening. I thought that his feelings were hurt by the fact that Noki did not believe that that's what he ate. And also, we don't know that he eats rocks. We know that he eats concrete. So I was like, oh, maybe, yeah, like maybe he tries to eat it, but it's not quite right. And he's sad because Noki doesn't know what he wants and isn't doesn't seem willing to help him find what he's actually hungry for. I was completely yeah. wrong. It's space cavities. <laughs> I mean, I should have assumed, right? Yeah, that's you really should have you really should have figured that one out. So, uh the bigger flies away like over to like another part of the river, and then the the sun starts to set as he's weeping and Noki chases after him like, "No, my sweet pet, please come back and stop crying." Um and as they're dealing with all of that, uh, like a whip crack comes out of the bushes and uh Sisi Pachone is there with Inventor Grotch. Yeah, um so it's uh it's actually pretty cool. He does like some neat he does like some neat whip fight moves. He can like electrify his whip. And he also has a monocle that he can shoot like eye blasts out of, like uh Moses Magnum style. Classic. Yeah. And then uh the Rangers arrive and there's a little bit of a fight, but they're not actually the Bozok that is, they're not really here to fight. Like they're they're just here for the Bigar. So he sort of like snatches the Bigar and and they just sort of teleport out. It's nighttime then, and we say Sisi Pachone uh, is gathering like buckets of pure Japanese spring water. Yes, and at this and point I'm like, oh, this is so much a gremlins thing. It's definitely a gremlins thing. Uh, so what we find out is that if you combine pure Japanese, we, I think from Emperor Exhaust, or no, 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 they're reading the, ingre- the instructions that Emperor Exhaust has sent them, which is if you combine pure, clean Japanese spring water with with what is effectively like powdered kale, I looked this up, uh, you just like dump a bunch of this powdered green into the water, and then you sort of mix it up, and then you make the Bigar drink a hundred bottles of that, and then it will just clone itself. Right, and then it will go from one bigger to, what is it, 10,000, 100,000? It's like 10 or 100,000. Now, here's the thing. It's not that if you make it drink 10 of these things, it will become 100 bigger. No, it is one bigger, 
And then if you waterboard it all night with bottles of kale juice, it will, like, once it has finished its 100th bottle, transform into 10,000 of these things. Yeah, just, like, immediately. Which is horrifying. I mean, the like, not that it would transform. That's just, like, what this thing does, apparently. But, like... Seeing the beaker chained to a chair with its mouth held open with chains as they're yeah. like like threatening it with this huge pile of bottled like weird green juice is my like okay uh the you said that he uh here his soda wrote a bunch of cocker ranger he did write yeah. some cocker ranger but I looked it up he was the head writer on a bunch of series and he, like. They are older series than this. Like, he was the head writer oh, on, like, okay. Dackle V and Dynaman and Bioman and Change Man and Flash Man and Mask Man and Live Man and Turbo Ranger and... Did I already say Five Man? Yeah, you did, I think. Uh, anyway. Yeah, well, those old those, seasons are real wild. And you know how old Sentai gets raw? Like, this is that. It's just, like, a weird left turn into, like, 1987 Sentai. Where mm-hmm. just like sometimes it's gonna get dark. <laughs> so, um, so anyways, we go back from there, and Naoki is like super broken. He's just wrecked about this whole thing, and he's like, "Listen," and he's telling them, "He's like, I recognize that this is a little bit weird. That I'm so like bent out of shape about this, but like ever since I was a little kid, I just can't let animals suffer." And uh, we, we get it's like or this rather, little montage. I, I've never wanted to let animals suffer. That's right. I definitely can let it happen, but it super bums me out. And we get this montage of him like bringing animals home, maybe all in one day. It seems and asking, that way. And asking, and it's like a rabbit and a cat and then like a turtle and a snake and something else. And he asks his mom like, oh, can I care for these so- poor wounded animals? And she's like, absolutely not. And then we see a scene where he's at a beach and he's just put them all in cardboard boxes and he's like, goodbye, my friends. I'm sorry that I couldn't care for you. And then just leaves. So he's like, I've always loved animals and I've always been like very moved by their suffering, but basically have never successfully saved even one of them. Right. uh, But I made a vow. I made a vow that like someday I would successfully save an animal (laughs) and this is it. He's like if Daigo was a huge screw-up. Um, and so Minoru, the other ranger who was uh, likely to love animals, because he's the green ranger, he says, listen, dude, I get it. Like, I also love animals. But also, this is a literal monster from space. So, like... Maybe, maybe like, pump the brakes, buddy. Yeah. And now he's like, no. Like, I, a hard no. Hard pass. This is this creature is good. I know it, and he just sort of like cry runs into the darkness, right? While saying, "What could they be doing to them?" And my man, you would never guess. I mean, unless he saw gremlins, but like, there's a pretty good chance that whatever you think that CC Pacione is doing to the beaker, you are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unless you unless you were like us just watching the episode, in which case you're not wrong, but you are horrified. Sure, and mystified. So uh Naoki he sort of like comes up uh 
he's just sort of running and then like he hears the beaker yelling uh and then like we zoom over and we see that the beaker is about to get the the last bottle and um Noki like and, like follows the sound of the beaker's voice which he recognizes of course yeah uh, and finds then, a cave and runs in to behold the scene. Yeah, at which point he heroically uh, dooms the beaker species to extinction. Because this is the last one. And, like, I don't know if anybody else, including the beaker, knows how to get beakers to reproduce. I but, mean, like... Maybe they will, like, regularly reproduce at a slower rate. And this is like a weird thing that's being done to like, like turbo. Oh, okay. So they normally do reproduce asexually, and this was just gonna. All right, that that works. That's what I'm choosing uh, to believe here. So, anyways, so he he, he rolls into he the cave. Up. He does not henchin. He just picks up a largish rock and throws it at the monster. And then while he is while while CC Pacioni is distracted by having been hit in the head with a largish rock. Uh, Noki just runs in, grabs the beaker, and runs out. So he's running away. He's being chased by Grotch and C.C. Peccione. He gets to this one bridge that we see people fight on all the time. It's not the bridge in the city. It's the bridge in the woods. Yeah. You know, um, the one woods bridge. The one bridge. That one. Uh- <laughs> so he gets sort of to the other side, and Wumpers are being summoned. But then the other four rangers all arrive. They're like, listen... You get the beaker out of here. We'll handle these jokers. Everything will be fine. Just, like, get him to safety. So, now he looks down. There's, like, some running. And, uh, like, running. And then, like, there's an explosion. uh, And, like, now he's, like, in the river. And they're sort of like, ah, we got him now. And they sort of go to chase him. And then now he sort of, like, comes up out of the river, like, behind them, kind of Rambo style. But he's got the beaker with him. And the beaker's looking rough. Which makes sense, because you got just almost... I, I was about to say almost lethally waterboarded, but it's like quite literally the opposite of that. Um, anyway, but he looks but very he's, bad. he's not good. Yeah. And so now he looks down, he's like, oh, dude, now I get it. Like, now he also notices that, like, the teeth are obviously some sort of problem. He's like, we just gotta fix your teeth, man. Uh, and so he just goes to a dental clinic. Just goes to a dentist... Because right. if, if you can in, fix your teeth and you can eat and you can restore your health. Right. So he runs in and uh, everybody else in the clinic runs out screaming, which is very reasonable. Sure, because he's running with the space monster. Right. And uh, including the dentist. And now he's just like, well, guess I'll have to do it myself. So, and then, and just then, like... And then my dude just starts doing... Amateur veterinary orthodontics and dest- dentistry on his weird space gremlin. Yeah, now you say amateur, uh, which which amateur is, that is true in the sense that he is not officially licensed, I would assume, but not amateur in terms of the quality that he manages to produce because he just straight up does this. Uh, there is kind of a horrifying moment where he has made the beaker some dentures, 
Um, oh yeah, because he's not filling cavities. He's making he's, yeah. dentures now. Yeah, so he makes dentures, but the beaker still has some teeth. Yeah, so there's a horrifying be, middle step here. Yeah, which is he just has to pull out all the beaker's teeth, and the beaker is freaking out. And now he just yells, "You must endure it!" Right, because <laughs> although he is willing to do some amateur veterinary uh, orthodontia and dentistry. He is not apparently willing to do some amateur veterinary anesthesiology. Yeah, uh, so then we get this sort of horror shot of like a toothless mouth from the beaker. And it's just uh, just a, a weird animal gummy mouth. And you know, when you think about it, so teeth are weird because they're just bones that grow out of your face. Sure. But on the outside of like, your skin? Well, on the outside of most of your skin. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, your teeth are technically outside of you in that sense. Well, yeah, but they're uh, inside your lips. Lips are skin. Well, yeah, I mean, what I'm saying is that they're they're outside of you in the same way that, like, the interior of your stomach is technically outside of you. Uh, so, like, that's weird. Teeth are weird. But somehow seeing him without teeth is worse. Oh, well, I, I think that seeing him without teeth is worse because it really reminds you that there were teeth there a second ago and now they have been removed. Y- yeah. Uh, anyway, Naoki, I, I don't know. Maybe Naoki has tapped into his, like, expert ability to model cars and has used that to make teeth for a space monster. But he he does it. And he puts in that yeah. new set of chompers, and then, then everything is everything's okay with Beaker. Yeah, sort of. And he's just like, and then Beaker says out loud, "Hey, Naoki, great job!" And I do appreciate that Naoki is as freaked out by that as I am, because he's like, "What? You can you can talk?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, man, my teeth were just messed up," which is insane. Like, there's no way. He absolutely should still have been able to talk. Right. Like, that's... I mean, whatever. It's it's an unsettling moment, though. Yeah. So, so anyways, he's Bigger's like, oh, like I'm so hungry. Hang here. I'm going to go get a bite. Goes over. Eats the support column of a highway. Then just comes back says, cool. All full now. Let's uh, let's just do what we're going to do here. Now, that, this is something that Naoki, as someone who fights for traffic safety, should at least call somebody... And say, hey, this highway is no longer safe. It is missing yeah, a he, full support column. He definitely should. Uh, and then and then the beaker's just like, he sort of explains the whole back history. Which I, I like that they threw it in. Because like we, of course, got it. But Naoki had no reason to know any of that. So he sort of fills Naoki in on all the stuff that we already know. About like the beakers and being worked to death. Right. It's, um, it's extremely raw. And then It's he al- very bad. He also then says... Noki's like, well, why? Like, what's the point of any of that? And the beaker says, oh, well, the Emperor is trying to build, like, a huge space highway. That's, like, his ultimate plan, so... Which, of course, at this point, the Car Rangers have no idea about. Yeah, so, so it's, this a, it's is a, a nice good moment, actually, to, to get some exposition in. And so, uh, then C.C. Pachone shows up again, uh, but it's just Naoki and the beaker, and the beaker can't do a whole lot. And so it's just Naoki versus Cece Pachone. Uh, it goes very, very poorly. 
And then CC Pachone throws out, he's like, you're such a stubborn, ordinary person. And I do love the recurring gag that like nobody knows that the car rangers and his are just like genuinely surprised at like the, the tenacity and ferocity and like weirdly good uh, timing of these five total randos. I mean, to be fair to CC Pachone, you would think that if Naoki was a car ranger, he would have transformed by this point and he's never seen it happen. Oh, good point. Uh, well, he does it now, and it's very good, because Sisi Pachone just, like, blasts, and there's, like, a big, huge explosion, and then he's like, ah, that must have gotten him. And then when the explosion sort of, like, blows away, there's Naoki Henshin behind it. Uh, very do love. good. Like, behind, like, Leia, like the I love flame a good explosion is making, like, heat waves that are, like, rippling his image. It's super great. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I should say... It's not really an explosion henshin unless you get those heat ripples. They, I feel like they must make sure to get them in every time because you always see it. It's a big part. Uh, yeah. So he uh, does like a flying kick and then kicks Beager hard enough to launch him out of CC Pachone's hands. As wow. though he is a like like soccer ball. Yeah. Seems like it would have damaged the Beager, but it doesn't. Uh, and he's like, we will avenge. Like, we'll get revenge for this. Um, and then some like Wumpers show up and there's a Wumper fight. I I feel like the Wumper fights for this, like the minion fights for, for Car Ranger, I do not quite, are not quite up to snuff, I have felt like. No, Maybe it's I, just I don't Conquer Ranger, Like Conquer Ranger and O-Ranger were like particularly good. Well, and Die Ranger, fights. right? Yeah, Die Ranger was good, but I remember when we moved from Die Ranger to Conquer Ranger thinking like, oh dang, like these are, are notably notably better I rem- than even than they were in Die Ranger. I remember you thinking that. I never. I, I still think that Die Ranger has some of the best uh, minion fights because the thing about the, the thing that makes Kaku Ranger oh, and Die, Die Ranger, Ranger does have so, all those individual kung fu styles, right? Like both of those shows were very focused on the fact that the the, the heroes were skilled at a particular style of martial art, like. Either they're all good at ninjutsu or, like, they're all good at, like, individual styles of kung fu. And so all of that got to really be, like, choreographed and showcased. Um, and then in O-Ranger, although the the choreography in O-Ranger was not, like, super amazing, the fight cinematography in O-Ranger was great. Yeah, it really was particularly good. And in, in Car Ranger, that's just not their focus, right? Like, it's a, it's a comedy show. The fights are there. They're fun. But it doesn't really feel like that's the point of the show. So they don't spend a lot of time and effort on it. I don't know. Maybe maybe someone who is more knowledgeable about, like, like TV fights would say that I'm completely wrong and I'm missing a lot of subtle nuance. But that's what it feels like to me. I don't know. I, I agree with you. Um, and... Anyways, so uh, Naoki gets it, and then Naoki, like, crushes that. Like, this is this is over very, very quickly. Like, now that Naoki's got his dander up, uh, this fight is, is basically over. Sisi um, Pachone uh, goes down. He, you know, Emo Yokan witness me is sort of, like, he becomes a giant, um, and then he dies. It's yeah, a little the, bit more than that. There's, there's there actually brief, is a really a funny moment. Where, yeah, like, Noki gets to actually fight him with uh, his individual uh, police fighter, which is fun. Yeah, and he gets handcuffed, which I thought was very funny. And then uh, Beager chews through the chain. He gets, like, electrocuted through, like, the chain that he gets that Cesar Pachone uh, grabs him with. And then Beager, like, chews through it. So that's a cool move. It is and cool, then, especially because Beager's, like, 
this does not taste nearly as good as concrete, but I'm doing it for you because we're pals. Yeah, uh, and then, so they, some of the rest of the fighters, they combine into VRV Robo, and then CC Pachon, like, they summon uh, Vul- Vulcan Twister, and CC Pachon sees it, and he's like, what the heck? Which leads me to believe, do they just not know? Like, do they, do, does, like, it must just be that, like, Gynamo and Grotch and Zelmoda just don't tell the rest of the Bozoak. Like, the horrifying, devastating power of Vulcan Twister. That is, They're just man. like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be fine. Like, you go fight. And so, like, every time Vulcan Twister comes out, like, none of the Bozark are prepared for it. Maybe that's like, why they they're just thought that they were to go giant. They're like, listen, I'm sick of fighting these small guys. I'll just be big, and then I'll win, because I'm big and they're small. And they just right. don't know that the robots are coming. Like, they must know to some extent. Um, yeah, like, like, I just feel like they just don't know. This tells me that they don't know about Victor Vulcan Twister, and that it's like a hor- it's like a horrifying surprise, like the horrifying last surprise of their lives. Boy. <laughs> um, they just don't do so, a good job of getting the word out. Unless you're one of the people who hangs out in the BB saloon every day, you're not watching, like, the two TV monitors they have pointed, like cameras to point like, and, the earth. and you aren't because we never see those dudes right like, it's they the, always bust in the doors it's the first time you've seen them they're hanging out at some other bar on the other side of barbarian then they roll in they're like hey we've been orbiting around this planet for a while what's going on oh you need me to go get an animal that's great i'm the number one animal trainer i'll see you guys later no i don't need a briefing everything will be fine everything is fine i'm a horrifying space monster like what could possibly threaten me uh, and then Naoki, so then that's the fight, and then uh, Naoki, they're, they're, everybody's cool, and he's like, come on, Beager, like, let's go. And they sort of, like, jaunt off into the sunset so that Beager can either die as the last member of his species or reproduce and destroy Earth's concrete infrastructure. And Naoki says as they're going off together, Beager, let's be friends forever. And I would be so shocked if we saw the Beager in even one more episode of this show. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah they're not, not great with follow through. Uh, so, Matt, that is that is the end of this episode. That's true, but Dave. is that the end of our episode? That is very true, because first, of course, we need to determine where C.C. Peccione lands in the Creature Royale. He's fine. Yeah, uh, I mean, his only, the only real comparison I have for him off the top of my head is XX Mileno, the pizza maker, just because they're both real Italian. And uh, XX Mileno is at spot number 41, and there's just no way that CC Pachone is that high. No, and the, the other animal tamer was, uh, what's her name from O-Ranger? Like the oh, zookeeper? Um, Karis? Is that right? It was something like that, yeah. And she was also super good. This guy is like a bad version of both of those th- two things smashed together. Like, he's, again, he's not terrible. He is Yeah, Karis fine. the zookeeper. She's uh, number 63. But, like, his ability as a animal trainer is never really explored. Yeah, he's got he a, doesn't have, like, a cool gimmick. He's just got a whip. The whip is neat. It's fine, but it's it's not even a special whip. It's just a whip. Yeah, no, he's he's way, way down. Um, and again, not because there's anything wrong with him. He's just sort of like a... 
I feel like we're getting a lot of that this season. Very much just so, yeah. Like, I feel like other seasons have a... Like, there are good monsters in this season, but there's a lot. Like, the bottom bottom 30% of this list is, like, really heavily populated out of... Uh, out of out of this season, so, like, so I Z- guess I would say yeah, like ZZ Gurry is at number one hundred and forty three, and the only thing he has going for him is that he really loves kimchi, but really loving kimchi is better than having a whip, right? Yeah. So there's MM Mogu, who is like the weird big eater, and then there's Yu Yu Warren. Remind me who Yu Yu Warren was again. He was an early one, right? He is an early one. His whole deal is that he is their best traffic light destroyer. He's just like a big, a big tooth, tooth head monster. He's like uh, a weird piranha thing. Yeah, he's a big. There's like there's there's not much there's not much going on with him. He is a big tooth head monster. I don't know. So like, is it better to have a yeah. big tooth or is it better to have a whip? Well, uh, I think I'm going to go with you. You weren't as cooler just because like, I like the idea of being chief traffic like destroyer. That's at least a little more on brand for a bozo than like chief animal tamer. Oh, you know what, Dave? You, you weren't is definitely better because you, you weren't comes back later as revived. You, you weren't and he's got like robot goggles and it's very dumb and pretty fun. Oh yeah. Okay. Definitely. Definitely better. So, uh, yeah. 168. Sisi Pachone. Uh, the the weird animal, Mister Peanut Tamer. Yep. Sorry, Susie Pachone, you kind of suck. But this was a fun episode. Uh, and that Dave, that is going to do it for this episode of License to Car Ranger. Uh, before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all that you can email the show at supersentirebrothers at gmail dot com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out what we're talking about on Twitter, we are at Super Sentai Bros. Dave, if the good people would like to get a hold of you to get in on the playtest for Ghost Sentai Heroes, the tabletop role-playing game that you are developing, how would they do that? Uh, if you just email me at ghostsentaiheroes at gmail.com, I'll get the rules out to you. And uh, we've had a few people get back to me with some uh, suggestions and comments, and that's been really great. So looking forward to hearing uh, from anybody else. Uh, right on. Um if you like the show, please remember that Shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. If you would like to rate and review the show on iTunes, that would be very kind of you. Uh, the Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. Once again, oh, I'm sorry, if you'd like to find any of the other Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do that all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth.